What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Formula One Gridlock Podcast. It's a spicy one today. It's a spicy one. My name, of course, is Nathan Charles, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Chase Bozung. Chase, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am fantastic, Chase. This was a great race. Oh, yeah. It broke my heart in so many different ways. Oh, yeah. It was... It was a, it was, it was an up, it was a down, it was all around, but man, it was a great race to watch. So Chase, let's just get into it. Let's do a little race rundown of the 2021 Brazilian Grand Prix. If you haven't seen it, number one, first place, the comeback kid, Lewis Hamilton in the Mercedes takes first, second place. The main rival this season, Max Verstappen in the Red Bull. Third place, Valtteri Bottas in the second Mercedes. Fourth place, Sergio Perez in the second Red Bull. That's a Mercedes 1, Red Bull 2, Mercedes 3, Red Bull 4. Back to back to back to back. Nice and tight up there in the top. And then we've got our Ferrari bros sitting where they normally are. Fifth and sixth, Charles Leclerc in fifth. Carlos Sainz in sixth. We've got Pierre Gasly in the Alpha Tauri. Great result from Pierre. Eighth place, Esteban Ocon in the Alpine, his teammate right behind him, number nine, Fernando Alonso in the Alpine. Tenth place, our boy, Lando Norris in the McLaren. Eleventh place, Sebastian Vettel in the Aston Martin, just missing out on the points. That's tough for Seb. Twelfth place, the old dog, Kimi Raikkonen in the Alfa Romeo. Thirteenth place, George Russell, the young dog in the Williams. Fourteenth place, Antonio Giovinazzi, Alfa Romeo. Fifteenth, Yuki Tsunoda. In the second Alpha Tauri, 16th place, Nicholas Latifi in the Williams, 17th place, and 18th place are the two Haases. Respectfully, doesn't matter which order they're in, not really, but it's Makita Mazepin, 17th, Mick Schumacher, 18th. We had two, count them, one, two DNFs in this race chase. One was, unfortunately, Daniel Ricciardo in the McLaren. That's tough for McLaren. They don't want to see that this late in the season. They need those yeah. points. Rough. And Lance Stroll in the Aston Martin. Those are two teams that are in the hunt for third place. Less Alf, less uh, Aston Martin this year. But McLaren, I guarantee, was not very happy about that DNF. Nor do I think McLaren was very happy with this weekend in general. They were not great. Yeah, yeah I can <laughs> agree with that. All right, Chase. Well, let's let's get into it, shall we? Give me your one-word description, and then I wild. Shall give you mine. Like absolutely wild. It, this weekend was a roller coaster. That's another word for it. I mean, like up and down. I for for the people at home, I texted Nate, uh, like at at ten p.m. I think it was Friday night, uh, in the U.S. And I was like, "There's a chance that our two championship leaders might be DQ'd from the entire season," yeah. and. And then, like, they weren't, and then they were it, wild. Just crazy weekend. It was an insane weekend. My one word is agonizing, Chase. I yep. wanted, I was manifesting a Max Verstappen win. I was manifesting him holding on to the lead. And then it just became a certain, there just, it came to a certain point where I, I just went, he's not going to do it. He can't do it. It's just not yep. going to be. And when Lewis passed him there late in the race, I just kind of went, <sighs> Just kind of sat back in my chair and I said some words I'm not going to repeat on the air, <laughs> but it was agonizing, Chase. It was agonizing because it was wow. such a great race and it had been close oh, all yeah. weekend, but you got to give it to Mercedes. 
It was an excellent drive from Lewis and it was an excellent team team strategy for Mercedes. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that I mean, that's I know it's been, you know, Mercedes has really been on the back foot these last few weeks, but you have to remember this is a world championship caliber team and they have been for a long time. Yeah. So now it's these dog days, Chase. It's these it's these races that are just so scrappy and close that their quality really shines through. And I hate saying that because I do not want the same old, same old story in Formula One. But man, Mercedes is a good team. And yeah. they're good. They're a great team. That's for sure. Team to be team to be a force, you know, force to be reckoned with. Well, you know. They've, I think they've won a couple of races, so you gotta, you, yeah, you, you gotta give them credit. A handful, I think. Uh, just a little bit, just a couple. All right, Chase. Let's talk about drivers. I mentioned uh, Lewis having a great drive, but uh, give me your driver of the day, and I'll tell you mine. Oh man, this. So I was thinking about this as I was typing it into our notes, and I said to myself, "I'm going to say what I think. I'm going to say what I feel." And the viewers probably aren't going to like it. They might, I don't know. But I'm, I'm saying this because it's what I believe, not because it's what I think people want to hear. I chose Lando Norris. I know okay. he didn't do anything spectacular, but what made it a good drive for me from Lando Norris is the fact that he doesn't even make it into turn one and he has a flat. And then he has to go around the entire track to pit to get that flat changed. And then that ups the amount of pits he needs. And he still makes it into the points. Like, it's nothing, it's, it's nothing necessarily to write home about. But I'm playing devil's advocate. And I'll play it once you mention who your driver of the day is. But I, I think Lando did a great job seeing that he had one of the worst cards dealt to him without DNFing. Absolutely. They very easily could have just said, you know what, you know, they could have very easily just pulled him after that lap. I yeah. mean, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I terrible looked at luck. it. He was like 40 seconds behind or with, by the time they crossed the finish line, the first people <laughs> very easily could have just pulled him in said, Hey, there's something, you know, there's something wrong with the wheel. Oh, rats. We're going to pull him in, but they left him out there and they said, Lando, we trust you. Go get him. Go get him, Tiger. Go get him, kid. And he went out and he got him. You know, yeah. it's it's not a lot. It's one point. But, yeah. I mean, who knows? Like, that one point, you know, we could be coming. We could be back here in three weeks and be saying, wow, McLaren got got third by one point. Yeah. <laughs> we look back and we see Lando. Lando this, trucking along. Lando <laughs> trucking along there 40 seconds behind on that very first lap. Absolutely. I mean, that's a great pick, honestly. I, I don't even really think you need to play devil's advocate. Because because Lando did have a great race, um, yeah. But my pick has got to be Lewis. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. Do I like Lewis Hamilton as a driver? No. Do I respect him? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference there. There's yep. a big difference there. Yes, the guy's in the fastest uh, car in the grid. Arguably, it is. It, them and Red Bull go back and forth. It seems like. Yeah, but he started tenth. He started tenth. He uh, took advantage of the chaos in the very first lap. Jumped up quick, and was able to to track down the fastest driver on the grid, in my opinion, Max mm-hmm. Verstappen, and get past him. 
and it's 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 races like this that you kind of have to shake your head and just go i mean that's just that's lewis hamilton he's been doing this for years yeah it's it's races like this where you just have to kind of you know you just kind of have to let it go because this is what he does he's a world champion for a reason you know we like to you know, we, I, I especially, cause, cause I obviously had, like I've said, it's, it's kind of like rooting for the Patriots or, you know, uh, rooting for the Lakers. And, and, and it's like, I don't want the same old, same old to happen, but there's a reason why this guy is a, it's seven, seven time world champion. Right. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. However, you know, this is where it gets chase? fun. Yeah. I agree that. Yes. Lewis is one of the greatest we've ever seen. Personally, people are saying it's his his best race slash weekend that he's ever done. I disagree with that. I think I don't it, agree with that either. Yeah, if I think his best race, uh, and this might be a little cop out if you look at top ten lists, but I think I I personally think it's a phenomenal race. Was his two thousand eight British Grand Prix? I mean, for if you guys haven't seen it, go watch it. Oh. I mean, literally racing against some of the greats and still wins it anyway, then dominates anyway. Uh, I don't think his race was that good this uh, weekend. I think it was a really good race, uh, arguably like the best to second best on the grid. However, I think a lot of people are looking over a really interesting thing that I pointed out in the conversation that I had earlier today to someone I was talking to. So because this weekend was a sprint race, right? Not qualifying in practice because it was a sprint race. That means technically there's more laps this weekend than in races that don't have sprint races. So the reason I don't think it's that good of a race is because if you take all of the laps in the sprint race and then all of the laps it took Hamilton to pass Max, it totals to 83 laps before he passes Max Verstappen. 83 laps. There's not a race on the calendar that has that many base laps in it. Hmm. So that's why I don't think it's such a good thing because it took him 83 total laps 24 sprint in 59 because he pit he passed max on the 59th lap those two together make 83 so that's just my devil's advocate maybe i'm being extremely biased but 83 laps is a lot of time well you're over here you're making me defend lewis hamilton so i really resent you for that (laughs) but okay he took advantage of the sprint race Yes, he did, and don't That's get me wrong. I'm not saying say. he didn't do well. He did. He did phenomenally. But no, I understand that. But this goes back to my old point that the sprint race is bad I and extremely hurtful. Mm-hmm. And it the sprint race allowed Lewis to win this race. Basically, mm-hmm. if there Entirely. is no, if there is no sprint race, and we'll talk about because he got after qualifying, he got a grid penalty, right? Yeah. We'll talk about that. He got a grid penalty. Then he puts in a new engine. And so he has to start at the back of the grid. Right? Wrong. He starts at the back of the sprint race. Exactly. That's dumb, Chase. 
I completely agree. That's completely. dumb. That's really bad. Because guess what? He's in the fastest car on the grid. Yeah. And now he's got a brand new engine. Yeah. So, yeah, he starts at the back of the sprint race grid. And after only a few laps, I'm not sure how many it is, like 10. What, for the sprint race? For the sprint race. I can't remember. How it's many 24 laps. total. He got to his fifth place position on the 24th. He got up into the 10s uh, really fast. Yeah. He got up into like 10th position, like lap four or something. So, and as a result, he starts instead of, instead of starting the race at the back of the grid, which is where he should have started mm-hmm. because he cheated in qualifying. Mm-hmm. Let's see. This sounds like I'm not defending Lewis. I'm kind of defending him and criticizing him all at the same time. Well, I'd, I'd say you're defending Lewis criticizing sprint races right now is I what critici- I'm, I'm, I'm heavily criticizing the sprint race. It does not belong in formula one in its current, in its I current uh, state. It is, it is, it is atrocious for a formula one right now, but because of the sprint race, Lewis, instead of starting at the back of grid at, at, at the back of the grid where he should be starting, he starts in 10th granted cool. still getting up to first is a, is a great drive. Yes, it's a great phenomenal. drive. But, but he should be things. starting at the back of the grid. <laughs> I'll add two things. Not only does the sprint race allow him to essentially negate the penalty of cheating in qualifying, right? Because it's in the sprint race. It's not in Literally. the real race. Yes. Uh, yes. Here's the other thing that the sprint race It is race ridiculous does. that that penalty gets applied in the sprint race and not the actual race. That's ridiculous. Here's the other thing that the sprint race does. When there's a sprint race, it changes how pit stops work, both with... Technically, I don't know if you knew this, but technically, no one had to make a pit stop Sunday. In the actual race, because there was a sprint race, no one had to make a uh, pit stop. But it allows, think about it. You race for 24 laps, and then you then you go race the real race. Think about what you can do to your tires in those 24 laps. Think about the tire strategies now, right? You can rip apart your tires in the first 24 laps because it's, Saturday, it's not Sunday. And I'll add that uh, if the sprint race didn't exist this weekend, he doesn't get first because he needed 83 laps to get first. And it's Absol- only no, absolutely. Absolutely. You so are. It's you entirely because of the sprint race that he was allowed to win this. I agree that the penalty should have been served in the actual race. And I also think that it's really like it. It worked out this week because it was a sprint race, but I also think the interesting dynamic of giving him back of the grid because he cheated and then a uh, five-place grid penalty for changing his engine. I think they should have changed the five-place grid penalty to like a 10-second time deficit, right? Or something like that, Hmm. like we've seen them serve. But that's that's a different point. Yeah, I think that might be a little harsh. I just, I just like make these penalties apply to the actual race, not these sprint races. These sprint races are bull. They're nothing. All they do is just, all they do is just allow the top teams to score more points and get in better positions. It's ridiculous. And then it's worthless for the back half of the grid. And as we see in the last sprint race, Pierre Gasly gets to crash out and ruin his Sunday because of a Saturday race. Exactly. Anyway. All right, a a tangent. I mean, we'll 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 talk about it more later too. Jace, give me your team of the day, and I'll give you mine. 
Mercedes. I mean, as much as I'm harping on Lewis, yeah, I still think he did a phenomenal job this weekend, and I think his team did a great job. And uh, I'll go back a couple weeks because I like I like to bring up points. We saw in the race that Lando Norris could have won. I forget which race it was, but he could have won, and then he made the wrong choice with the tires uh, because the team said, "Hey, Norris, um, what tires do you want put on?" This race, we saw the complete opposite from a team that knows what they're doing. Lewis says, I want these tires. They say, no, you're getting the hards. And that's it. Mm. He, he gets the hards, and then he wins the race, arguably because of the, them, right? You could, you can argue that tires win races. So I I think Mercedes really knew what they were doing. I mean, they got a 1-3. They I mean, that's with Verstappen on the grid. That's what you can hope for. And they they knew what to do with both of them to put them in the position to place there. So I think Mercedes did a phenomenal job this weekend with their strategies. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great pick, Jace. Um, and I would have picked it, honestly, if you hadn't. Um, but, I mean, I, I think there's an obvious, like, choice for me here, and it's, it's Ferrari. It has to be Ferrari. I mean, they are, without a doubt, the third best team on the grid. They are. Mm-hmm. It's not McLaren. McLaren had a good, good year last year. Ferrari's kind of floundering. It's over, for me. Ferrari is the third best team. Ferrari's not back, but Ferrari is for me solidly the third best team on the grid, which mm-hmm. is tough to say as a McLaren fan. Yeah, I told you last week. I said Ferrari's better than Merc or M- McLaren right now. They are only separated by about twenty twenty one points, so. You know, things could change. But even if they do change, for me, like, these last, this last stretch of races has really proven to me. I mean, you've got a fifth, sixth in Mexico. You've got a fourth, seventh in the U.S. In Turkey, you've got a fourth, eighth. In Russia, You've got a third, and I think we had a DNF there. I forget. No, no, no. He was down in 15th. But I, I, that Ferrari car is good, and it's about time we start noticing it. Mm-hmm. I don't I, – but I guess we don't have to notice it. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not, it's not as good as a Red Bull or a Mercedes, but it's, it's, it's easily – it's clearly better than every other car on the grid. But I'm not, not certain I fully agree with that. What car is better than or what car is, is better than the Ferrari that's not a Mercedes or a Red Bull? I think I might say McLaren. I think what's happening is that first of all the for some reason it seems like the Ferrari team the Ferrari drivers have their head on their shoulder. I don't know what they're doing at McLaren, but it seems like they're they're wild over there. They're they're like, hey, I'll place third. Psych. Now I'm twentieth. They're they're going wild over there. I also <laughs> think it's the the team. I think their strategies are getting them because they're not saying let's go wild. They're saying let's go consistent. Sure, Gasly can beat us, but it doesn't matter. We got two right behind Gasly, and we're not fighting Gasly for the third place in the constructors' championship. So I think. I think it's a good car. I'm not certain I'd say it's better than McLaren, but I think it's a good car with great drivers 
who right now have their head on their shoulders, and then a good team that has I don't know good good strategies now. That's mm. that's my two cents on that. I don't know, man. I, I I'm a fan of McLaren. I like McLaren. I like the guys in McLaren. I think they've got a good car. I don't I think their car is as good as Ferrari's. I just don't. The Ferrari car has been consistent. It's been a while since we've had a DNF from one of them that was mechanical and not like a not like a crash. They're consistently qualifying well. They're consistently placing well in uh, in the race. I mean, even looking at the granted, it's the qualifying grid for this race, and we had a sprint. You've got Mercedes, Red Bull, Mercedes, Red Bull. We've got Pierre Gasly up in fourth in the Alfa Tauri. So, I mean, Jesus. Jesus, Pierre, relax, dude. And then right. you've got both Ferraris, and then you've got the McLarens. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that's just a, 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 a capsule. That just encapsulates the season um, that I feel like McLaren is having, where they're still good, but they've been ext- they've been wildly inconsistent. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's wildly absurd. inconsistent. So for that reason, Ferrari gets my team of, team of the day. It's Chase, let's talk about bad stuff. And there was a lot of bad stuff. We mm-hmm. all know. We all know. Oh yeah. Give me your worst of the weekend. What do you got? It wasn't really a specific, like, instance of, like, oh, this person crashed or, oh, this team, you know, threw a bottle at the other team and that really, you know, hurt my feelings. It's just, I I wrote down bad blood between the teams. Things are getting, like, like my one-word description, wild out there. I mean, you've got accusations being thrown everywhere between Red Bull and Mercedes. You've got, uh, and we can talk about this later, you know, people going wide on the track. You've got... People getting called in to the FIA and then getting fined. And it's, I mean, I I feel like part of me wants it because it makes it a little more exciting, but it is also getting a little messy. I don't know, you know, whether I like that or not. Yeah, it's interesting. Certainly adds more drama. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I had something very similar written down, essentially what you were, what you were looking at. But let's talk about them, okay? Because we had two... Uh, two like major incidents one after mm-hmm. qualifying where uh max verstappen goes up and starts to examine the mercedes car he gets fined fifty thousand dollars for that mm-hmm. then of course somebody uh somebody probably red bull asks the fia to inspect the mercedes car turns out lewis hamilton's uh wing his like the drs gap right mm-hmm. was too wide it was too it was too wide and so Lewis gets a good penalty. Then he starts the race. Uh, he starts the sprint race, not the actual race, at the back of the grid. So, first off, <clears throat> you wrote it down. It's mm-hmm. it's you know it's the elephant in the room. Was Mercedes intentionally cheating and qualifying? Did they deliberately do this, or was this a mistake, and something that won't happen again? Uh I say you give your two cents. I'm going to look something up because I swear I heard a quote, but I'm not going to quote it unless I can guarantee that I heard it. Sure. Sure. I'll give you my two cents. Absolutely. They were cheating. Absolutely. It, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. This is a sport where the rules are specifically defined and anything you can do that bends the rules, that pushes the boundary any little bit and, and you can get away with it. You're going to take it. So absolutely. They were cheating. No doubt in my mind, 
somebody they knew exactly they knew exactly what they were doing. Every part of this car, Chase, is mm-hmm. specifically designed, is measured, is fit, is run through aerodynamics. Every single part of this car has been engineered and fine-tuned to the max. You're telling me that they didn't know that that DRS gap was too wide. Get out of my face. Get out of my face. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they were cheating. Absolutely. Which is why I'm I'm even more mad that the penalty they received ended up not really being a penalty. He still started 10th. But cheating and qualifying should get you a, a, from a, the, like, a race debatably. serious penalty. And the penalty they got was a joke. It was a joke. Yeah, I... I think there's I think there's a strong debate for temporary DQ from the race for cheating. We've seen it before. We've seen people get DQ'd for weeks or a uh, couple races and we've seen people jump through loopholes to get out of those uh and stuff, but uh yeah, I think I think I'm with you. I don't think the penalty was enough for the for the crime committed and for everyone at home, I do agree with Nate here. I do think they knew exactly what they were doing. I heard someone say that, oh, the, the you know, with how little millimeters that they're measuring, you can't accurately measure it and all this stuff. That's BS to me. These companies are pouring hundreds of millions of dollars into the sport. It's not like you and me going to make a race car and then it's off by a couple millimeters and we get fined for it or whatever. And it's like, oh, well, we made it in our garage. It's like, no, they made this in a hyper sophisticated facility over the past year and all their knowledge of all the cars they've had before. They know exactly what they're doing. They have engineers that make more than my house costs. They they know that what they did was cheating. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And I can't, I can't find the quote, so I'm not going to quote it. But I do think it's interesting, Total Wolf's reaction. I, I couldn't find the reaction I was looking for that I thought I heard, but maybe it's hearsay. Uh, but there is a lot of points that he's making, and he's basically saying, well, we're hard racing, uh, and now I guess it, the now I guess things are going a little crazy, so I'm going to go a little crazy now. Basically, he's like, I'm not going to be civil anymore after today. And I think that's, that's a wild thing to say. You know what? You know what's even crazier, Chase? I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. As long as the people who push the boundaries, who break the rules, get penalized. I don't care. I don't care who gets penalized. I don't care if it's my team. I don't care if it's Mercedes. I don't care if it's freaking Haas at the back of the grid trying yeah. to get a crazy advantage. Make the penalties count. Make them count. Yeah. The penalty they got didn't count. It was a joke. It was a joke penalty. Yeah. It was a joke penalty. And I'll say this. I'll say this just in case it happens. If something like this happens before the end of the season where they're caught doing something that they shouldn't be doing and it's deemed cheating and serious action isn't taken, and I'm talking about constructors DQ uh, you know, certain driver DQ, right? I'm going to be a little mad because I, I'm, 
I don't like cheating if it doesn't go penalized. And if they cheat again and it's not like a big deal and they just brush it off as pushing one of their drivers to the back of the grid, what's the point of not cheating then? Right? Like if mm-hmm. if one of your drivers just goes to the back of the grid, what's it matter? That's not that bad. I'll just go cheat. I'll put a bigger engine in and win the race. And then my driver will go to the back of the qualifying. You know, yeah, you see my point? Absolutely. And there's always the chance that you just won't get caught. Yeah. Yeah, there's that too. Granted, a lot of this stuff gets inspected, but I don't know if Max, if Max doesn't go up to that car and, and like, and mess with it and, and of course get his fine. Like who we might not even have known about this. It's ridiculous. Exactly. And I'll say this for people at home and maybe for you, just in case you don't know it. The reason Max went up to the car was not because he suspected the DRS uh, gap opening larger. They suspected that his rear wing was flexing down the straight and warping so that way it had less drag. Mm. So that's why he touched his own wing, pulled it back a bit to see how hard it felt, and then he walked over there to touch uh, uh, Lewis's. Yeah. And he said it flexed more, regardless of whether it flexed more. Uh, that's what Red Bull said to the FIA. They were like, hey, we think it's flexing. And it turned out to be their DRS was wider. So yeah. I'd like that. I think that's a little interesting. Okay. So that was our first incident. Obviously, that was um, in the qualifying before the sprint race. So then that uh, affected the sprint race. But then later, we've got Max Verstappen in first. He's been in first for the majority of the race. And like you said earlier, around lap 59, Lewis starts to catch him. And um, they're going around a turn. It's before lap 59, by the way. It's Yeah, before lap 59. Lewis Lewis, uh, goes around, tries to go wide, tries to go around him, tries to go around Max in the curve. Max essentially, you know, doesn't give Lewis any space. They both kind of go off. And at the time, it was deemed a racing incident. Mm-hmm. which I do believe uh, it was a racing incident. Max mm-hmm. still had the line. Lewis was not ahead of him. Um, well, let me saying, say this real quick. Lewis well, was on, ahead. Let me, fin- let, me fin- let me finish. Okay, finish. yeah. Because now we know that Mercedes has asked the FIA to review the incident um, again post the race to see if there uh, was any foul play. Go ahead, Chase. Sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. Uh, I was going to say, because you said Lewis was ahead. So – or Max was ahead. Lewis was ahead at first when they first entered the corner, but then because Max had the line, he regained the lead halfway through the corner, making it his decision what both cars do. So uh, that's sure. not an opinion. Okay. That's that's facts. No, that I, I, I'm grateful for you sharing that because I'm going to be honest. I have not since the race. I have not looked at the, at the incident, which I probably should have, mm-hmm. but you're getting, uh, a 20-year-old's professionalism here. <laughs> okay, so, Chase, the question is, is Mercedes right to want to review the incident, or is this just the pettiness that comes with, um, you know, really fighting neck and neck all season for the top spot? I think it's petty, but it's within the rules. So, sure. what happened in uh, the British Grand Prix when Max flew into the wall? Red Bull relaunched the investigation and said, hey, we look at this. We have new evidence. 
The FIA, because you need new evidence to get them to relaunch it. The FIA said, no, that's not new evidence. Screw off. Mercedes right now is saying, hey, we've got new evidence. Reopen the case. The new evidence in question is an angle that shows the inside of Max's car and what his hands were doing at the time, which they didn't have when they ruled it a racing incident during the race. It only surfaced later, and that's what Mercedes is doing it on. So it's within side the rules of what the FIA says. However, it's petty. Mm. And I don't Absolutely. think Max deserves a penalty, which a lot of people are going to disagree because a lot of people point out the Austrian and steering races when uh, a couple of drivers got pushed off by another drivers and they got a couple, you know, Perez did it and got a five second penalty. Sure. Uh, I don't agree that Max deserves a penalty. I do agree that it was a little foul play, but he didn't touch Lewis's car, which means he didn't actually push Lewis's car off the track. So I don't think he mm. deserves a penalty for it because he never collided with Lewis. And it wasn't like absurd. He just didn't turn sharp. It's not like he didn't turn and just went straight past the corner. Yeah, yeah. I I tend to agree. I think I think this is pretty straightforward. It is kind of petty, but it is within the rules. But I do think overall we're probably going to see just a confirmation of what we saw um, during the race, which is it's probably just going to be a rule of racing incident, um, in my opinion, with uh, with no penalties really handed out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Chase, let's shift focus. Let's talk about something a little bit more fun. Let's talk about the driver market because we got the final mm-hmm. piece of the of the to- the 2022 sorry, having trouble spitting that out. Um the final piece of the 2022 grid. So I want to look at it and I'm going to go through them. We've got a couple changes, not a ton, mm-hmm. but we've got one team with a brand new set of drivers and I want you to uh pick out one of these two drivers that you think myself, you, and of course our listeners should keep an eye on. All right. Oh, it's easy, but I'm not going to say the name because I'm going to butcher it. Well, but... hold on, hold on, hold on. Cause I'll, I'll let you pick from the team. Yeah. Okay. So let's start at the top Mercedes brand new. Their brand new lineup, Lewis Hamilton and George Russell. It's easy, George Russell. I mean, come Absolutely. on. He's Absolutely. new-ish. He's going to dominate. Interesting. Um, Mer- uh, Red Bull, the exact same driver lineup. Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez. Who are you keeping oh, your eye on? It's So it's easily Max, uh, but that's not to say that Perez isn't a guy to keep your eye on in. It's just that Max is the best driver on the grid, in my opinion. So it's not a fair comparison. Sure. So, yeah. McLaren, same driver lineup. Lando Norris, Daniel Ricciardo. Who are you looking at? Uh, I'm looking at Lando, and I'm seeing if he can recreate what he did at the beginning of this season with the new rules and mm. keep it consistent, not, you know, five races and then stops. <laughs> All right. Uh, Alpine, uh, same driver lineup to uh, Esteban Ocon and Fernando Alonso. Who you got? Honestly... No offense, but neither. Alonso's yeah. got nothing to prove. Akon, he's he doesn't have it. He doesn't have the Oof. it factor, the X factor. It's unfortunate, but he doesn't have it. I'm gonna pay attention to Alonso because I love the guy. Sure. Alpha Tauri, same lineup. Pierre Gasly, Yuki Sonoda. Oh my goodness! Now this one's tough. 
This is a spicy one because both these guys are, in my opinion, very important for the future of F1, and you should both be watching them. I agree. I Yeah, I will say that. Both of them should be watched. However, I'm going to watch Sonoda because – I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna come out kicking and screaming next next season because he'll have a season under his belt and then new regulation changes, which means a lot of these guys are gonna be thrown through hoops and they're gonna have to adjust, and so it kind of levels out the playing field a bit more. Mm-hmm. We've got the American team: Haas, Nikita Mazepin, and Mick Schumacher. Who you got? I got Mick. I hate to yeah. do it to my boy Mazepin, but Mick. I mean, except this race, I'm pretty sure Mick has placed above Mazepin so long as he hasn't DQ'd every single mm-hmm. race. Yeah, I think Mick Schumacher is clearly a better driver out of the two, but... And I think um, he's one to pay attention to, just in general. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if Haas can, uh, you know, start to change their fortunes around with the uh, with the new regulations, and I'm excited for him. Mm-hmm. Aston Martin, same lineup. Sebastian Vettel, Lance Stroll. Uh, it's Lance Stroll because, like I said, with Alonso, Vettel's got nothing to prove. He's in it to have fun. Uh, I, you know, Lance Stroll's got something to prove, and I think he's, I think he's a good mid-pack driver. I don't know if he'll ever make it out of that. He might. He's young still, so we'll see. I think he's a good driver. I have nothing wrong with Lance. All right, the Ferrari brothers, Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc. Who you look at? This is tough. They're both really good drivers. They're not new, so it's not like one of them's like, oh, they're both young. They're both young. young. Uh, Currently, Leclerc is just pretty much better than Sainz. And I think think that comes down to a lot of Leclerc has been driving in a Ferrari for a while, and Mm -hmm. Sainz has not. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to pay attention to Leclerc because I think I mean he had a couple polls this season so I think he'll he'll continue the same and maybe even do better next season I like where your head's at all right now we get to the fun ones Chase we've got Mm -hmm. Alfa Romeo with the the only team with a brand spanking new driver lineup Mm -hmm. Kimi Raikkonen of course is retiring and we just got the news Antonio Giovinazzi will not be returning next year Mm -hmm. Antonio is going to Formula E we wish him the best of luck Agree. Have fun in those crappy electric race cars. <laughs> um, so, Valtteri Bottas mm-hmm. and the brand new driver from Formula Two, the only Chinese driver on the grid, Guan ever. Yu Zhou. That's right, ever. Zhou is how you say his last name. Yes, Guan Yu okay. Zhou. That's Guan Yu Zhou. Okay. I mean, this is probably the easiest. Keep your eye out on the grid. We've got a brand spanking new first ever Chinese driver in Formula One versus one my least I hate to do it because he's a person, but I don't I don't care for Valtteri Bottas at all. Like at all. It's harsh, but I'm not gonna pay attention to him now that he's in a mid pack car ever. You know what I think? I think it'll be interesting to see how well these two stack up. Since yeah, they're in the same car, we, we finally really get to look at and see what, what Valtteri Bottas is made of. Mm-hmm. If he can still stick this car mid, like mid-pack, if he can like get up there and really like maybe even tussle with the McLarens. No way, Jose. I'm just saying, if Valtteri Bottas can get it, if Valtteri Bottas can start doing what Pierre Gasly is doing with his Alpha Tauri, 
Maybe I changed my tune on Valtteri Bottas, but I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen. You really think Valtteri Bottas <laughs> is Pierre Gasly levels of No, skill? I don't. I don't, but okay. I'm just saying if he could do something equivalent to that, maybe we start to be like, oh, maybe we kind of misjudge. Because, look, you got to give the guy credit. He's stuck yes. behind arguably the greatest Formula One driver to ever exist. Yeah. Agreed. And and we hate on him a lot. And I I do think he's incredibly like overrated. I think he's a very average driver. But it's it it could be distinctly possible that he only looks like that because he's behind Lewis Hamilton. So we'll see. We'll here's see. here's something I'll bring up, and I'm not gonna expound on it because it's a big subject and this is already <laughs> I'm not a big gonna video. I won't be taking no comments. Well, yeah. But I wanted to mention this at some point and maybe we can talk about it more in depth later on in a different podcast. But the reason I really don't like Valtteri Bottas is statistically speaking, you know, he beats out some of the greatest F1 drivers to exist. Statistically speaking with polls, with podiums, with uh, race wins. And that's my problem with him is I don't think he's better than the people he's beating. Like Mm -hmm. I could pull up a list here, but that's just look up lists of podiums, all-time podium finishes, and all this. I don't think Valtteri Bottas belongs where he is. Mm. Tough. Tough love, but I like it. I like to see that from you, Chase. And our final team on the grid, and they'll probably still be last, Williams, who have the comeback kid, Alex Albon, and Nicholas Latifi. I think I know who you're going to pick here. I mean, I loved Albon. I I thought he got handed a short stick, and because he was a rookie, dropped it. I'm paying attention to Albon. I love uh, I love Latifi, but Albon's the one to pay attention to. I think Albon rises from his William position. Mm. Period. This is not the end of Albon. Now that he's back in, spicy. I like to see that from you, Chase. Uh, I tend to agree. Obviously, um, would love to see Albon back. Uh, loving to see him back, and hopefully, um, really getting a chance to establish himself, add a team, establish some consistency. And who knows? Maybe we see him at another top team in a few years. Yeah. All right, Chase. Let's let's call it there. I think we're good, but we got to get some podium predictions for. The 2021 Qatar Grand Prix. Now, r- remind me, have we ever raced on this circuit before? It is a brand new circuit that has a 10-year contract. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Another uh, very hot, very dry climate, Qatar. Uh, the next three are all uh, in the Middle East. We've got uh, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and finishing up the season, of course, in Abu Dhabi. Where else would we finish it? Mm-hmm. But... Um, it's a brand new track. It, it's a brand spanking new track. Nobody has ever raced on this before in Formula One. Give me some podium predictions. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Oh, man. So this is tough. Because part of me wants to say Ferrari and McLaren are going to do phenomenally because they have so many years of experience and they can go into a track like this having raced on Ferrari pretty much every track that's existed in F1. I could be missing a couple. I don't know. Uh, 
and you know use that data to figure out how to work this track the best but also part of me likes to say mercedes and red bull are kind of unstoppable you know so it's a tough prediction but i'm gonna say red bull one two max perez uh and then lewis third okay i think i can't believe my brain went to this but I think Lewis Hamilton is going to continue this form. I think he's going to win this race. I think Max is going to be second. And I think. So sad. (laughs) And I think we'll see this steady form of Ferraris continue and Charles Leclerc in third. Quote me on it. Quote me on it. So, wait, what was that? That was Lewis, Max, Charles? Lewis, Max, Charles. That's what I think is one team. You think the two teammates... You think the two teammates of the two best teams are just out of there and Leclerc pulls it in? I think so. I don't know. That's just what I'm feeling. I'm feeling it in my It'd be my a gut. good race. I'd like to see it. I think this is going to be a good race. I think this is going to be a good race. I'm excited. It's a brand new track. I mean, unless mayhem like happens, I think it's going to be a fun race. Absolutely. All right, Chase. Well, thanks for joining me. Um, I'll see you next week.